things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. So uh, we are in a brand new series called Behold. The normal Christmas series are like, uh, let's talk about like things that are super Christmassy, like the Christmas story. And so as Esteban and I started talking about like, what is this Christmas series actually going to look like? I started to think of how scandalous the actual Christmas story is. I mean, my God, Mary was like a teenager. You know what I mean? Like she had to have the sex talk with like an angel. It was weird. Like everything about this story is like scandalous. And we're going to talk about all the scandalous things that nobody actually talks about regarding the Christmas story. Chadi, why? Because I don't like that these things are overlooked. I don't like that people miss out on these things. And I feel like so much of the Bible, God put it in the Bible for a reason, and we just overlook it because it's either really weird to read or we can't say the names or we don't really understand why it's there. But what we're going to talk about over the next five weeks is significant because it's, it's what we believe as a family, as Stavon and I, what we believe as a community, Liberty Church, what we are believing God wants us to see as we enter into the new year. These next few weeks are significant. They're our last few weeks of 2022, and we are believing that how you exit one season determines how you enter the next, and we want to make sure that we are beholding the right things. Amen and amen? Come on. Come on. Okay. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to start the, okay, Thaddeus, I was waiting for you because you know how I like run back and forth. And you told me I couldn't do that until you got to the camera. Got it. Here we go. Lord, we love you. Oh, you're my favorite. God, I love you so, so much, Lord. Let this word be your word. Let this revelation be your revelation, Jesus. God, speak through me today, Lord God. Let us behold the things you want us to see. Let us focus on the things you want us to focus on. Let us leave here excited about the next few weeks, ready for the next few weeks. God, 2023 is not ready for us. And Lord, I just pray, Father God, that over the next 20-something minutes, Lord God, that we would literally get filled up with your presence in such a way, filled up with your word in such a way, that God, nothing that comes in our way over the next few weeks will even be, will even bother us, God. Because you're in charge and you're in place, God. So we ask you, Lord, to allow us to behold the right things. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. The church says, amen Amen. and amen. Anybody else's family just like forget that it's Thanksgiving and their whole house is Christmas already? (laughs) Are you guys those people? Are you that or is it your family? Yeah, my mom does not know that Thanksgiving happened. We got to her house and the bedrooms were Christmas. The bathrooms were Christmas. 
Everything was Christmas. She's got a tree in the front, a tree in the back, a tree in the living room. Her pillows have been turned over, and now her pillows are Christmas. Everything about this house feels like Hobby Lobby threw up in my mom's house. And let me tell you, it's amazing. It's comfortable. I love it. But I love Thanksgiving. I love it. I think Thanksgiving's super important. And yet we just overlook it. We just bypass it. It's like, oh, this is the awkward holiday where we got to talk politics with that weird aunt and uh, nobody really wants to go to Thanksgiving. Christmas, it's like we just, you know, pass out presents so it's like not as weird. You guys that have kids, gosh, you're so lucky because you got to like focus on your kids. Us people that don't have kids have to focus on the family. And then we got to pray for dear life that we get the right gift because I get weird gifts. Does anybody else have a mother-in-law who gives them weird gifts? No, I love my mother-in-law. One year she gave me a furry sweater, furry sweater vest. I live in Florida. Sweater that's a vest, and it was furry. Yeah, that was recent. So then she comes over and she asks where it is, and I had to wear it there. It's been stuff like that. And so Christmases are always weird to me. The end of the year is always weird to me. And so what I have started to do over time is ask God for a strategy for my new year so that I'm able to navigate the end of the year with ease. And as I started to pray, okay, God, what is my strategy for the year? Okay, last year the word he gave me was patience, which is not a real fun, glamorous word. But I I started to learn patience. I felt like God was teaching me. I learned about patience in the Hebrew, what it meant. I had a strategy for the whole year. And every time uh, something came out or something was a struggle bus, I remembered that my strategy was patience. And so I started to pray for our church. God, what is our word? What is our word for the year? And I felt like the Lord said, behold. Lord, what do you want us to see? And he said, all the things everybody else misses. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to unpack what the beginning of the Christmas story looks like because everybody bypasses this whole section. And I would too because I've done it so many, many times. We're going to jump right into Matthew 1. And um, I'm just going to start reading. If you have not gotten your Bible reading in for this week or last week or the weeks before, we're going to go ahead and work that through right now. All right. This is the family history, the genealogy of Jesus, the anointed, the coming king. You will see in this history that Jesus is descended from King David, and he is also descended from Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah, and Judah's 11 brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, and Perez and Zerah's mother was Tamar. Everyone say Tamar. Tamar. She did some sketchy things. Anyways, Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Gosh, guys, who named their kid Ram? That's weird. Ram was the father of Abinimadam, and Abinimadam was the father of Nishan, and Nishan was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, and Boaz's mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed. His mother was Ruth, a Moabite woman who converted to the Hebrew faith. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David, who was the king of the nation of Israel, the guy who killed Goliath. David was the father of Solomon, the guy who wrote Song of Solomon. And um, his mom was Bathsheba, which there, that's a completely sketchy story that I can't even begin to tell you, David, what happened was, is he was on a roof, and he was on a roof, and he shouldn't have been on a roof, and she was taking a shower, and he knew that she was taking a shower, and he did some sketchy things, and her husband died. It's bad. It's all scandalous. We're moving on. Okay, 
then Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of, uh, and uh, that guy was the father of uh, another guy. And Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram. Joram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. I don't know who that is, but we're going to continue. He was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. <gasps> Josiah was the father of Jehoah, whatever. And his brothers and Josiah's family lived at the time when God's chosen people, Israel, were deported from the promised lands of Babylon. That just is sad and troublesome on so many different levels. Okay. After they were deported to Babylon, this other guy named Jeconiah had a son. And he had a son of a name I can't pronounce. And that guy, who I can't pronounce, had another guy. And he can't pronounce his name. And his name pronounced a guy that I can't pronounce his name. And then he had a guy named Eli for short. And he was the father of Azar. And Azar was the father of a guy whose name starts with a Z that sounds like he was maybe in Superman. And then that guy had Achim. Achim was the father of that guy. And then Eluid was the father of Elazar. And then Elazar was the father of Mathen. Mathen was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, who married a woman named Mary. And it was Mary who gave birth to Jesus. And it is Jesus who is the Savior, the Anointed One. Abraham and David were linked with 14 generations. 14 generations linked David to Babylon. Babylon then linked another 14 generations from the exile to the birth of the Anointed One. So here, finally, is the story of the birth of Jesus, the Anointed. It is quite a remarkable story. Johnny, what's the point of that? You read. Because the first thing that we need to behold are the details. There are so many things that we overlook. And the details are one of them. This story is super duper important because God is in the details. God is all about the details. And he wasn't just about to miss out on the past, the present, and the future of his son. The first thing we need to know is that from this Christmas story is that details matter to God. Details matter to God. The little things that go on in your life, the little things that you're working through, they matter to God. So much so he wants to hear about them. He wants to hear about your everyday little things. I think sometimes we're waiting for like the big intenso moments to talk to God when God's like, I just really wish you would just say hi. I really wish you would just wake up in the morning and be like, what's up, Jesus? And I'd be like, what's up, Jesus? And he's like, so what are you going to do today? I'm like, oh, you know, I got to go to work. He's like, okay, just walk to your office because you work from home. You know, things like that. So like, I feel like we miss out on the fact that God just wants to speak to us. It's not weird. It's not religious. It's relationship. And we are a people that have been living, not we in this room, everybody else, have been living completely tied into religion that we've missed out on the details of the relationship. The first thing that I learned as I read through all 18 of these verses is that God has a purpose for our past. Some of us are working through our past situations, but if you read this again, which I won't, Tamar uh, was uh, Judah's widow, Um, uh, she was a daughter-in-law to Judah and she dressed up like a prostitute, seduced her father-in-law just so she could stay in the family line. Sketchy. Hashtag Old Testament. Hashtag hot housewives of the Old Testament. Hashtag my God. Straight up. She didn't have a husband and so she dressed up like a prostitute, sat on the side of the street and was like, hey Judah, what's your name? He was like, oh, I drank too much wine. I I don't even recognize you. Pregnant. Guess what? She's in the line of Jesus. 
you go on and you see that you see Rahab. Rahab is Boaz's mom. Rahab was a legit prostitute, just hanging out on the on the walls in Jericho. She's just doing stuff. She was making bad life decisions, but she was cool. She did. She like saved the people of Jericho. It was like really cool. God used her. Guess what? Used her past. It's in the Bible. You got King David. Mm, just sketchy. He did so much sketchy stuff after Goliath. Like, really, can we just talk about how sketchy David is? I know everyone's just like, oh, my God, everyone wants to have a heart like David. Yeah, but, like, he did a bunch of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, God can use all of you, and God can use all of your past. He used Abraham. He used Rahab. He used Tamar. He used David. He used Solomon, who had 700 wives, because apparently one was not enough. Gosh, like, I'm annoying. I can't imagine 699 more versions of me that I've got to live with. I'd be like, no, we're good. We're good. I'm going to live with cats. Like, I just don't understand how that would be fun. Then you have Ruth, which is awesome. And then you get them exiled into Babylon. He used a people group who got exiled like two or three times. Like, sometimes it feels like, God, why would you use me? My family's sketchy. I'm kind of sketchy. Not me, just like I'm you guys. And so, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, ever, ever felt like, God, can you actually use my past? And Jesus is like, not only can I use your past, but I can bring salvation and hope through your past. That's a lot better than what you're giving me. But that's fine. It's okay. I'm high-fiving myself. All right. Next thing. God has a path for your present. So God has a purpose for your past, but also God has a path for your present. Matthew used this account of Jesus' genealogy because it gave the gospel story of Jesus validity and authority. He was telling all of the Jewish believers, this guy came exactly how he was supposed to, through the line of David, through the line of Abraham. It gave him validity. It gave him truth. It gave him authority. Some of you were upset about your past, but really what it's doing, it's building authority within you. Because you can't speak to anything that you haven't actually gone through. Oh, okay, so like I try not to give parenting advice because I don't have kids. But I, I sometimes want to, but I don't. But I sometimes want to. I'm just like, oh, handle your children, people. And then the Lord's like, you don't have kids. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? You ever have somebody that's trying to give you advice, but they themselves can't even work through their own stuff? And you're just like, I really wish they'd stop talking. <laughs> no? I'm the only one? I'm the only one. It's fine. You know what I'm talking about. If I can't take your advice... You shouldn't give it sometimes. I just feel like there's a tree in our backyard that needs to be cut down. And sometimes I just want to go down there and cut it myself. But I've never cut down trees, so my husband won't let me. But I've thought about it. You know what we need? A professional tree cutter. You know what Jesus needs? Professional people who love people to do his will. And he does that by allowing people to go through hard stuff. Because then we can speak with authority about that hard stuff. Then we can cut some trees down. Then we can give some advice. But some of us are so upset about our past that we don't realize that God, what he's done is built a level of validity and truth and strength and wisdom and character through those things in our past. And that's what he wants to do with your past. And that's what he wants to do with your present. God wants to use you right here, right now. God, Chadi, my right here, right now is a little difficult. Yep, so is the cross. And when you say yes to Jesus... You say yes to the difficult. I don't understand why people think being a Christian is easy. It's not. That's a lie. It is not like Sister Act. That is a complete lie. There are not fun old ladies singing like pop songs from the 60s. It's not a thing. 
Like being a Christian is hard because there's so many Christians out there just making, making us look bad. Guys, do you remember that time that Tom Cruise fell in love with Katie Holmes and then he went on Oprah and he jumped all over the yellow couch? <laughs> do you remember this? I'm sure all the Scientologists were a little embarrassed. No, nobody, I'm the only one. I feel like that sometimes when I see Christians judging people and I go, they look like Tom Cruise on the couch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Jumping up on the couch. Google it later, Cynthia. You'll understand what I'm saying. And so <laughs> Cynthia's like, I'm, I'm 25. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. It's fine. Sometimes I make references for people that are older. I understand. It's fine. What I'm saying is it's okay sometimes to be a little embarrassed about what the church has done before us. Yeah. I do a lot of reading about the church history because I like to know what I'm saying. I like to not only know Jesus, but know the story of Jesus. And I like to know what other people have been saying about my Jesus so that just in case they've said something a little sketchy or something that's a little wrong or they haven't loved people well, I can maybe come around the people and kind of try to fix it because I'm a fixer. I like to fix things. And that's what God wants to do. That's his path for you in the present. God wants to use your past, but he wants to use you right here and now in your presence. Chadi, cool. I barely got to church on Sunday. Cool. But God wants to use you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Sunday is not, <sighs> Sunday's not for you. Yeah. Oh. Sunday's for all the friends you haven't invited. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Y'all know Jesus. You know him. You know him like Buddy the Elf knows Santa. You know him. You know if they're sitting on a throne of lies. You know him. I, I mean, I do this all the time. I'm like constantly yelling at you about Jesus. Like, I feel like you know him. But now it's time for us to go out, make disciples of the nations, and start bringing them in. Because yeah. I believe, I believe that this, oh, okay, so a couple months ago we were talking about shepherds, and I said sheep were dumb. <laughs> and I was really embarrassed about it. I went back, I watched the video, I clipped it, put it on the internet because it was funny. But I shouldn't have said it, but I said it. I don't want to lead a church full of sheep. I want to lead a church full of shepherds that then can go out and love sheep and produce more shepherds. We're not here to build a Sunday experience. Esteban and I didn't move across the state to come and build a Sunday experience. We came to build you up as people so that you could go out and make disciples of the nations and love people well. Love people well. Can we do that? God has a purpose for your past. God has a path for your present. I wrote this down that sometimes the details we overlook are actually God's way of validating his truth in our lives. And what we perceive as small moments are actually helping to produce the authority we need. One time I was at Disney World. It's the most magical place on earth. And Esteban and I were walking into Disney. We were like, have a magical experience. Have a magical experience. And then I heard, unless you work here. <laughs> he said that. He said it. And then we made eye contact. And he goes, uh, uh, and I was like, it's okay. I know. And it's like he had lost the magic. He had lost the magic. I think we as Jesus followers have lost the magic. We have forgotten that he is a supernatural experience to be had. And in, in response, we're going, have a magical experience. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome home. And the, <laughs> you know what I'm 
I'm saying? But the reality is it's like, dude, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, Sam, I'm so happy every time I see you. I just want to hug you and be like, dude, you're here. Keisha, you're here. We like embrace and I hold you. And it's like every single one of you, we pray for you by name. We pray for your families by name. We believe for you. We're believing God for you. We are spending the next six weeks fasting and praying for our community, for this church. Not so that we can be a mega church, but we can be a mega group of people who love a city and a community. God wants to use us, and I just don't want to sit around and build a Sunday experience. We went to Rome one year, and I couldn't even make it into the churches because every church was a mausoleum. And I looked at his statement and I said, I don't want to go home and build something that's dead. I want to build something that's living. I don't want to build a building that one day will become a funeral for people to come and spend 50 bucks to look at it. Yeah. I want to build something that moves people to change. Yeah. And not because of religion, but because they encountered the anointed one. The one that came through a sketchy past in a King David in an Abraham, in a promise, in an exile, in a kid that nobody thought you could use. That's my prayer for our church. God has a purpose for your past. God has a path for your present. Guys, if you lose the magic, you'll lose the magic. If you lose the magic with Jesus, you'll lose the magic for your marriage. You'll lose the magic for your kids. You'll lose the magic for the job you once prayed for. Chadi, are you talking about magic? What witchcraft is this? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) When you start forgetting who Jesus really is, it affects every part of your life is what I'm trying to say. Every moment, every conversation, every mishap, every win and loss is defining you. Problem is, is you just have to have the eyes to see it, to behold it. Final thing is that God has a plan for your future. I'm going to stick on this here for the next few minutes and then close it out. But I said at the very beginning that um, I have a strategy for the year. This past year, I felt like the, um, the Lord gave me the word patience. See, patience, what I learned in the Hebrew, does not mean uh, how it, um, waiting for something. It's about, it, it means how you respond to something. And so all year long, God has been working in me on how to respond more like him. One year, um, the Lord told me that my word was listen. Nothing is more offensive to me than when the Lord gives me word, and I'm like, I'm already listening, Jesus. And he's like, oh, you're not. One year, my word was um, uh, rest. I feel like he's bringing that one back around. There's, there's a couple years in there where God would give me a word, but it would become my strategy for the year. And my challenge to you is what is your word for the year? We're about to enter the last couple weeks of the year. What are you looking forward for next year? Those who plan accordingly, God can use. There's a story in the Old Testament where the rain hadn't come in a while. And the prophet was really upset. And he was like, God, I need you to bring the rain. And the Lord was like, go out into that desert and dig some holes. I'm going to fill it with water. And he's like, "Um, hey, God. So (laughs) I don't know if you saw, but we're in the desert. And he was like, go out there and dig holes. And so it's like the movie Holes, except for it wasn't Shia LaBeouf. The prophet goes out there and he's digging holes because holes build character. And um, that's a, it's a holes. Come on, guys. It's a great Disney movie. You're welcome. Everybody go home and watch it. Homework. Anyways. And so 
He's digging holes and the rain starts filling it with water. I think we need to dig some holes. Some holes with faith. I think we need the dreams that you've maybe set aside, start digging some holes. Some things that you're hoping for for the future, start digging some holes because God's about to bring some rain and I want to be ready for it. I want to be ready for it. If you knew that the rain was coming, you would dress appropriately. You'd get your house ready for it. We're Floridians. Hurricanes come, we got it down packed. We know what to cover, we know what to do. We know what to do. What if he was going to send epic rain? What if he was going to send epic growth? All you had to do was be ready for it. I wrote this down that the path is where, the plan is how, but the purpose is why. God has a path for us, a plan for us, and a purpose for us. The path, let's start there, where. It's exactly where you are right now. Your job right now. Your home right now. Whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you have kids. Wherever you are right now, that's where God wants you. And that's where he's asking you to love him more. Well, like how, Chadi? By loving the people that you're with. The plan. His plan is love. That's it. It's easy. Love God. Love people. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. Literally, it means you're very, everything that you are. That's how you do it. It's easy. Chadi, that lady at work is annoying. Yeah, but God didn't say you had to like her. He said you had to love her. I think we're so caught up in liking what we're doing and liking who the people around us. God didn't call you to like them. He called you to love them. And loving people, that means you have empathy. That means you have compassion. That means you have kindness. Purpose. Why? Because he died a horrible death on the cross. He sent his only begotten son. Chadi, this is the worst Christmas story ever. Whatever. I don't care. This is the real Christmas story. This is like... True crime, <laughs> um, if, if Dateline NBC did a Christmas story, this is what it would look like. Because this is the real Christmas story. It was ugly. It was hard. Next week I'm going to talk about Mary. My God. Joseph. Oh, the shepherds. The wise men. Oh, my gosh, guys. It's not pretty. It's not cute. He was covered in poop. He was in a manger. It was not glamorous. Like the little nativity scenes, they're all a lie. He wasn't even born on Christmas. (laughs) God, Jesus is so awesome. He's so real. And he wants to use your life in such an epic way. But you have to let him, you have to let him use it. You have to let him use it. You have to let him make the plan. Let him make the path. You have to follow his purpose. And he can use every bit of your life, your past, your present, and your future. But you've got to get ready. What is your strategy for the year? Some of you, God's already given it to you. You already know it. You've already had it. You have a vision board. You're killing it. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Lady. And so I'm going to challenge you. Some of you might need to fast once a week. Some of you might need to get off of social media this week. Some of you need to prepare your hearts for whatever is coming whatever it is, it's going to be amazing. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged, encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM. Let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos.